Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I should be a lot angrier than I am about this loss. I spent a lot of the weekend kind of just in emotionally null and void territory. Yeah. I don't know if that's just denial. I don't know if I have just... I just refuse to allow myself the fury, but like probably the second interception by Joe Flacco is when the, uh, when, when the feelings just went dead. That's just when all of a sudden I stopped feeling really anything that like for the first half, I'll be really honest with you. It's the first time Vanessa ever saw playoff Nick Wilson because in 2020, she just she just wasn't in the house either with the Pittsburgh game or the Kansas City game. Right. So this was really her first entree into what a psychopath I get in the playoffs. I, I think it's almost better for my marriage that the game was over about six minutes into the third quarter because I really – you can tell when somebody foundationally changes the way they look at you – and one half in, Vanessa was warning the kids like they were village people on an un- oncoming Godzilla onslaught. Yeah, it, it was not great, man. We went to a, to a friend's house to watch the game, and there was probably like maybe 15 of us or something, a bunch of couples and a lot of kids. Kids just running around having a good time. And, and uh, you know, everyone's wearing their Browns gear, and we're super pumped up. And obviously, the way the game started was not great. But then the Browns come back to take the lead. And it's like, oh, you're so excited. You're like, oh, we're going to win this game. And then, like... Explosive play after explosive play defensively, and it was just absolutely garbage. I mean, for a defense that has been so good this year to just absolutely flat-out no-show in the playoffs, it's just so disappointing. So it's it's funny. Uh, going into the half, I was like, well, the defense has never played worse than this. I mean, think about it. Like, th- Well, I shouldn't say never, but this is as bad as the defense could play. They didn't pressure – at all. Not not just they didn't pressure consistently. They didn't pressure at all. They did not cover well. Um, the amount of five-yard-plus um, cushion that almost every Texans offensive player got yesterday or got, got on Saturday was almost almost poetic. Like, it, you have to try to be in that soft of coverage for that kind of game, you didn't really stop Boy, the run. Greg, Greg Newsom had a rough game. MJ had a rough MJ game. MJ had a rough game. Really, everybody in the secondary had a rough game. And There's one know, guy that had a good game on, on defense. Yeah, and he wears number zero. Yeah, it was, it was JOK, who, by the way, thank you. Thank you, JOK. Busted his ass, man. Yeah, I mean, just played tough, played physical, never really gave up. I, that Just thank you for that, JOK, because every time I wanted to scream into a pillow – 
there was JOK making a play, and I felt a little bit better. Yes. But they didn't stop the run. They didn't cover. They didn't pressure. They did nothing well. And at the half, I was like, wow, they're only down 10 points. And then I, I, I looked felt over. Like, I felt like they had a chance. And then you just can't throw back-to-back pick sixes. And look, Flacco, he didn't have a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he, he made some really great throws, by the way. Yeah. But boy, I, I almost at times felt bad for him because, you know, when Batonio comes down, he comes back in the game. Hudson went down. You're you're like barely able to keep this guy upright. And we know how immobile he is. So if he doesn't yeah. have any time, like it, he, and he didn't. And so it was just an absolute ugly performance. Well, and I think that's where, like at half, I was like, well, the defense isn't going to play that bad again. I was wrong. But the defense isn't going to play that bad again. And then I looked over and saw that Joe Flacco had played a clean game in the first half. And I remember I remember thinking, one of these two things is going to give. Either the Browns defense is going to wake up and they're just going to take off and it's going to be – you know, the Browns are going to come out inexplicably with a win. It'll be like it was most of the regular season. It'll be like the Baltimore game. Yeah. Or that the other side was going to give, and that was Joe Flacco. And it ended up being the other side. And it's funny, like, I, as we continue to have conversations about that game, I still can't tell whether whether it was less heartbreaking that they just got the ever-loving crap kicked out of them or whether it would have been less heartbreaking if it was the typical Cleveland mm-hmm. last-second runoff win or last-second Hail Mary touchdown that turns into seven points in a win. I, I tend to think this was the most heartbreaking way you could lose because you just did. I mean, you just didn't have a chance. You were not in it at the end. You were not in it really at the end of the third quarter. And I think that's. I think that's so much worse. Than if you just lost by like a, a walk off uh, field goal, yeah, or if you just C.J. Stroud threw a seventy yard touchdown to win the game. This one, like, I don't care. I okay, I care that they lost. I do. I care more. And if I have any anger, anything other than numbness, the thing that I I feel for Dustin, yeah. is the fact that you got boat raced. Yeah, it was so disappointing. I could have taken like losing on a last second field goal or, you know, just give me a close game. Like mm-hmm. I felt like midway through, not even midway, like right at the start of the third quarter, like the game was over and I just darn near wanted to turn the TV off. Yeah, I well, and it's funny. I never would have thought, you know, I had a even after the game was pretty much decided there in the fourth quarter, I had a couple times just like I got to I got to shut this off. I can't do this. And I kind of forced myself simply because it was the last game. Yeah. I didn't get anything from watching those final six minutes of clock time, eight minutes of clock time. And here's, listen, I'm not going to spend the next two and a half hours going scorched earth. All right. This is one of those ones where like when you're a kid and you do something and it ends up hurting yourself in the way that that is uniquely shameful and embarrassing and horrendous. And your parents just take mercy on you. Your parents are like, I could yell at you. I could ground you and 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 lock you in your cell for the rest of your life. Or I could just say, we've all been there and I love you and this too shall pass. I'm going to try and take that. But let me just tell you, way to not show up. I mean, what the hell was that? 
It, it was it like, was it was an absolute no show. I and, just and like really by the defense. That's what's so disappointing is that nobody showed up. And like I know we're gonna question a million different things this week as we go, but it's like the should I say it? I don't know what you're gonna say. So sure. Okay. I feel like they were rusty. Yeah. And I yeah. felt like t- taking that week off may have hurt them. I. So it's weird because after we got over the Cincinnati game, I didn't talk nearly enough about rust because every time we talked about it, I tend to get, I, I got shouted down by uh, people on this show and more importantly, fans, they just didn't want to hear it. And so I kind of just let it be last week because it was playoff week and everything's fine and everything's going to be fine. And who really knows about this rust thing? And they came out. And they were limp linguini on the field. Like, honestly, that is as soft as they came out. And and what I soft as Charmin. Well, and what upset what's upsetting is this was a moment for the defense to finally get the attention they deserved. And they I know it mattered to them, but they didn't play like it mattered to them. And they never woke up. Like, I honestly, if if you had just woken up, even in spite of the big turnovers in the second half by Joe, you're still losing that game because of the way the first Why half went. Why can't that Goodson kid catch that first down against I, the Colts? I just... For the Colts. I mean, like, we're not losing to the Colts like that. Yeah, you are. No, we're not. Yeah, you're losing to anybody like that. No, nah, you're not. Yeah, because I... So, I, I want to walk a line here. The Texans did win. Yeah, this Str- is, Stroud is pretty stupid. Guy. This is not a case where... You know, oh, you more lost it than they won it. Nope. Nope. But as impressively as they won it, you impressively lost it. And I just, I it, what what was so antithetical about that game to this entire year, and I know that they started slow defensively on the, you know, I, I do know that there were some trends that came up here. And, you know, I, I think they look like a team that had lost their edge a little bit. Maybe that goes into the rust thing here. But what I do find so frustrating is you just didn't bother to show up. Like a team that had been the epitome of fight all year long. And I mean, it didn't matter who it was. It didn't matter. They, at no point did they ever smell their own bleep this season. They walked into that that town. They walked into Houston. Like, that's all they did. Like, they had been huffing poo particles of their own brand ever since the end of the Jets game. And I just, I'll be honest with you, this is one of those ones where I like, I think you're better off calling out the people who didn't disappoint you on Saturday because the, the list of people who did, Mm -hmm. it is, it is a scroll. It is a dead sea scroll. It is multiple scrolls because how nobody like it's, it's that Titanic thing. How did nobody see the iceberg coming? Because that's the thing. You and I, we're going to see, okay, how have they played recently? Well, we didn't have a frame of reference for that. So you got to take the whole thing advantage here, right? We don't have any beaten practice. Like, they knew. They knew. I'm going to go full. I forget what the uh, what the Mark Ruffalo uh, movie is. But they knew. There's no way you couldn't have felt that coming. And for a, for a coaching staff that had played all the right notes all season long, it just sounded like the brown note yesterday, right? For a team that had found its way into games time after time after time after falling behind, they just never did. And that sucks way more than just losing. That, and it, by the way, this isn't same old Browns. 
That's the thing. Like, oh, no, no, no. No. When the Browns have lost, they were trying to win. This was a game where they didn't know how to try to win in the playoffs. And that means it is a total systemic failure across everybody in the organization. <sighs> where do we go from here? You mean today or do you mean, I mean like just in general? Overall? I mean, I guess today. I think we go to the 220 segment. I think that's okay. I'm going to go there and take some phone Two, calls. 216 474 0092. So we're we're just going to throw everything on the table here. We're going to bring in any any thoughts you guys have in the game. You can give us a call or at Nick Wilson says at Dustin Fox 37 on X social media reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Why did the Browns come out soft? Why did this go this absolute specific way? Breaking down, the Browns lost to the Texans, and really it just comes to, like, he just didn't show up. And I just, and honestly, like, that was one of the, every time we talked about this game, it was, well, they got to show up because it's the playoffs, right? Because if you think back to uh, the Rams and Broncos games, defensively, they weren't as crisp early in those games. Uh, You think back to the first half of the Baltimore game, and yes, there were, you know, Deshaun did not have a great first half in that, but there was just some moments where the defense let up plays we were not used to. Even going back to that wonky indie game where with P.J. Walker, you get on the board, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Deshaun throws the interception right out of the gate, and then it just ended up being the wonkiest game in history. I don't – I'd like – number one question moving forward is, why the hell can't this defense be the same defense on the uh, – at uh, away from home? Because I I don't know like that it there's no this isn't like the NBA ah oh, well your bench always plays better at home that's not really like oh is that the same thing for uh, your role players because here's the problem it wasn't the role players it was Greg Newsom who had a pretty rough uh, day on Saturday it was MJ Emerson rough day Denzel didn't have the best day Miles like it was your best players. It, it just doesn't make sense that your defense would just be that dramatically different and that soft when it was so physical and unrelenting at home. Yeah, I, I don't get it, man. There's no way the split should be that bad where you're you're playing so much better at home as opposed to away. I mean, I get the home field advantage in the crowd and all that stuff, but, like, come on, what are we doing? 2-1-6. I, I think a lot of it has to do with your opponent, Nick. I mean, like, every time this year when we played a team that did a lot of the RPO stuff, and really did a lot of misdirection. Our defense, their eye control is god-awful. And when you play all that man coverage, guys just end up running scot-free. So the crazy thing about that is there's no more team that exemplifies what you just said than the team that Bobby Slowick came from. They're, they're, uh, the Texans offensive coordinator was San Francisco. So if you look back at that San Francisco game, and now this is where it's probably fair to say, well, that was at home. One of the things that they prided themselves in something Jim Schwartz talked a lot about and that the the DBs talked a lot that Jim Schwartz had, had, had talked about was simplifying your, your eye line and simplify where you're looking so you don't get distracted by all the misdirection and all the movement. Correct. So it's weird that they would have against – what I think is one of the best offenses in the NFL with Brock Purdy and CMC and Debo Samuel and Ayuk and George Kittle, that that you would have maybe one of your best defensive performances of the year where the defense is the reason that you won. 
And then every opportunity after that, you just got abused with misdirection. And I just, I, I, you kind of have to reconcile that this offseason. Because I'll also say, like, they didn't really celebrate. They did not play with energy or excitement. The only guy that did was JOK. Yeah, well, Every time he made a play, he got up and he's like just getting everyone fired up and no one else seemed to have that intensity. Yeah, and I think, you know, even when they were making a decent player too early in that game, yeah. it was still, okay. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it, it, it looked like, to go full Jim Schwartz, it looked like a loaf everywhere around. Oh, so bad. And I just, that is, that's where it was really frustrating. Why? Why in this specific game did they come out flat energy-wise? Because matchup-wise, guys, C.J. Stroud's a really good quarterback. Like, really good. Like um, I think he may enter the season next year considered like a top-five quarterback. I think that's fair. I think Nico Collins, who is, what, fifth? Oh, my God. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Just open up everywhere. Just picked apart the defense. I mean, hell, the one that, that uh, Stroud unloaded, I mean, he had his defender beat by like five yards. And after watching them, I would not have been upset to lose to them. The way maybe yeah. I would have been going into that game, the, the Texans 100% earned my respect. It is just you couldn't pair a bad matchup or a matchup where the quarterback knows what you're going to do with with just coming out flat and not having energy. That's just – that to me is where it's just tough to reconcile how you couldn't have either seen it coming or how at no point did a team that played with this much energy and heart all year – seemingly just not have it on to that point the most important game day of the year let's go with randy randy welcome to the show what you got for us hey good afternoon guys what's up Randy? good afternoon bud hey yeah so to start i would say all things considered i mean we had a great year in my opinion i mean the injuries that we endured throughout the year some of the drama with the quarterback situation to finish a season with 11 wins, I would say is a heck of an accomplishment, especially in the division that we played in. Uh, but at the same time, I think two things can be true, that Saturday was definitely a huge disappointment. I mean, the defense especially, they were just completely exposed. I don't know if they were overconfident based on how they played the Texans on Christmas Eve, even though it was a different quarterback. But I think it was Miles that said it at the end of the game that they picked a bad day to have a bad day. Um, you know, in that third quarter, we were kind of still in it. Uh, 24-14, we were driving, have a chance to maybe cut it to 24-21 with a touchdown until that pick six essentially ended it. But honestly, I got to say, even if we did score a touchdown there, 
I still don't think we win that game because the Texans' offense, they were two steps ahead of our defense that entire day. And there was nothing I saw all game to think that we stood a chance in stopping them. So, also, I don't know if Cooper got hurt or what. I know he came up limp, like, I think one of his first catches of the game. But um, when David Bell is our leading receiver on the day, I mean, you know something isn't right. So, I got to say, it was a really fun year. I mean, that last month and a half with Flacco was a blast. But with all the momentum that, momentum that we had going into the playoffs, it just seems like we were destined for more than a first-round blowout. So, that's just a huge bummer with how it ended. But, I mean, overall, I think this team is still set up well to be competitive in the next couple of years. So those are my thoughts. Uh, you guys have a good day and go Browns. Randy, go Browns. Thanks, we appreciate Randy. you. I mean, I think there's something to be said about it not looking the way you thought a loss might look. Like, the fact that you did get blown out. And it there's just something about it, – it's less that, oh, we – uh, and I, I think we were all pretty confident about this and getting this win. But I think it was more that, like I, I said to start the show, I'm still relatively numb about this. I'm not as, I mean, I'm angry, but I'm not like, I'm not like, ah, fire Stefanski. I'm not, ah, trade Miles. Or, you know, there's definitely some criticism out there that I think has been fair. I think there's some that has been unfair. But for me, the most disappointing thing was this was special. And I just wasn't ready for it to end. Nobody was. And so had, now, they, like, had they limped into the playoffs, like I, I guess we could have accepted this. But they entered the playoffs with all the momentum. Yeah. And looking back, like from that Jets game, it was just kind of quiet. And I don't mean like just organize. This is not like a, a thing of the organization. It's I think we were all hurry up and wait. And I do think like I I, I feel like if we're feeling that way as fans. I would imagine that's kind of the way they had to feel in the organization. You know what I mean? Just like, oh, well, here's another. Well, we got to play this weekend. The game means nothing, at least to some, like Keith Britton, the assassin. Um, you know, well, oh, uh, we but now we got a Saturday game. Like, I just, it just, it felt like that tremendous momentum that they had had was upended. And I don't even know that they know it. Honestly, you know, I've said this like, well, you had to have known. Maybe they didn't know. Because they seemed, after the game, they seemed as surprised, shell-shocked might be the better word. And that, it just continues to add a, another level of doubt. But again, like I said, like I, I'm numb because this isn't the way it was supposed to end, even if this thing was always destined to end in Houston. It just stinks because that team seemed so galvanized by their rookie head coach, by their rookie quarterback, the defense. Like... I felt like every time we threw a pass or whether it be a screen pass or whatever, it doesn't matter. There were like eight blue jerseys everywhere. I mean, th that team ran around like their hair was on fire, like the Browns had done for the majority of the season, especially at home. And we just didn't see it from our guys. And we've got better players. Do you think that there is an element for the Browns that they thought to themselves, that's okay, we're going to get back into this? Like almost like they got too comfortable. Mm-hmm with being that far behind in games and that they never really felt the heat of the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's 100% fair. Where does that belong? Where, I, mean, like, I think where it belongs, does... belongs on a few, in a few places. Number one, I think you, you have to, to blame Kevin Stefanski. You have to blame Jim Schwartz. And you certainly have to blame the leaders of this football team. I think this thing is set to be about the players, right? Play, player empowerment is a big thing for Kevin Stefanski. Every time it feels like we get to these moments, though, this thing happens. And I don't, again, I don't want to make it a huge, like, it's still a great locker room. 
these dudes played their asses off. Big picture. There's still so many good things to take away from this. We can get into that. But it just feels like the the thing that had guided you all year long, which was your heart, your focus, next man up, to lose that and to just get comfortable being down 10 points to where 10 points turned into 24 points real damn quick. I just yeah. – I don't know how you move on from that. I don't know how you look at that and say, oh, well, we know what we need to fix next year or we know where we got it wrong this year or what we can do better next year. Right. Uh, do you have to be in Greenbrier an extra two days? Is that going to help? <laughs> like, I, cause we, they maybe, maybe we should have went to Greenbrier prior to the game. I don't know. They, you know what? They should have spent – all week leading up to the meaningless Cincinnati game. Just hanging out in West, just, in West Virginia. Just, not even the Greenbrier. Just any West Virginia town. Yeah, All right. Just go to go to, uh, go to Morgantown. Yeah. You know, you could go to um, Parkersburg. Yep. Charleston. Yep. It's right across the river there. Yeah. Uh, Parkersburg. Yeah, yeah. There you go. They'd love to have you. They'd love to have you. Let's go with. They'd love to have anybody. Nick. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Nick. What you got for us? Family or friends. Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, so before I say. Uh, what I think went wrong with the negatives. I just got to say the positives here. I, you know, what a great season. I mean, I remember when that Nick Chubb injury happened, I was so down. I'm like, you know, I'm like, if they could just make the playoffs this year, I'll call it a good season. But then when you saw the Watson injury, and I know you guys are probably hearing this over and over again. And then when you saw the whole team kind of just looked like they were falling apart, but we saw the opposite results during the game. I thought, can they just please go nine and eight? But no, I mean they won eleven and six, and I get it though. The playoff game was horrible, and um, here's what I think went wrong. So, you know, the injuries I think took a toll because I think it was the momentum that kept them going. And if you look at the first two quarters, the Browns did a pretty good job. Now, I know the defense missed some big tackles, and that's what really hurt them the first and second half, but. Um, you know, you have to look at the score, the score before halftime. I mean, we were only down by three. We were doing our job. I think we were doing somewhat okay. But then um, another big thing is the turnovers. You know, Flacco, so much respect for that guy. He played his butt off for us. But we have to admit, every game that he played, he, he had a lot of turnovers. There was games, didn't he have three against the Bears? I mean, I love the guy, but you have to factor that in for this game. And then you have to go for uh, – playing Houston on the road the second time. I mean, and not only that, but the Browns were more shaken up. I mean, you had Denzel Ward shaken up. You had, um, who else? I mean, Batonio went out. I mean, so I get it. There, there's, it was a very ugly loss, but I just think this is one of those things where we're going to shake it off as time goes on, and I think we have a lot, forward to, a lot, of, a lot to look forward to next year. Nick, appreciate you, buddy. Thank you very much. Um, I don't buy the injuries in this game. Laramie Tunsil got banged up. They had multiple injuries throughout the game. Um, do I think they mattered some? Yes. Do I think they mattered to you getting beat by 31 points? No. I, I think those things might have caught up with you in a three-point game. This was a 31-point game. And and to not to correct you, Nick, because I make my own mistakes here, but uh, it was a 10-point deficit at the half. And... Honestly, you were down 10 points when Flacco started throwing the interceptions. The defense never came up with any sort of game-winning plays to get you back in the game. 
So, like, I, I don't know if this is a hot take. I absolved Joe Flacco of this game turning into a rout because this game was not as close as the 24-14 to 14 lead at half would tell you. It was close in score only. The Browns' defense massively let you down. And if, if I'm going to praise them and call them the number one defense in the NFL, and that was a big reason why we thought they could win a title this year or at least go to the AFC title game, if we're going to praise you when it's good, we got to tell you that was unacceptable. That was a pitiful performance specifically by the defense. Pretty much anybody not named JOK. And what an awful way to sort of limp into the postseason. You know, everything was going so well, and then this happens. And it's not just the loss, man. It's how it happened. Yeah. It's it's just it's just it's, not it, 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 I sat with with Browns fans who were and they were all saying that this exact same thing. They're like, you know what, this team quit. It kind of felt and, and like I, that. And I hate saying that about about professional players because you're in the playoffs. Like it's really tough to say you quit, but it kind of felt like they did, especially in the second half. As embarrassing as the Saturday afternoon debacle was, the forty five to fourteen slacking by the Texans, this didn't happen. Um, Cowboys edge rusher Sam Williams had posted before yesterday's game on uh, Instagram about him and Kevontae Turpin hosting a Cowboys victory party at a club after the game only to have the Cowboys at home, at home. Lose by 16. Dusted by the Packers. And and in reality. It should have been like 30. It should have been 30. Jordan Love just completely cooked him up. And by the way. sliced. Uh, it's it's been about six games now, seven straight games. Welcome to the elite club, Jordan Love. Because to do that in the playoffs, he'd been doing it in the regular season. He's why they got into the playoffs. Like Jordan Love has, has proven he's the starter there long term. But to do that on the road in the playoffs in a spot like Dallas was pretty funny. Like just all, all like the amount of Browns fans yesterday who said, and I quote, "You know this make me feel better." And it wasn't just that. I saw it during the Miami game. Yeah. When Miami, I mean, just had, could do nothing against the the Chiefs. And the Chiefs played sloppily. That was a lot of weather. Like, you could see it kind of, in, the, the weather was impacting Mahomes, you know, the trajectory of his passes. They still got their booties beat. So, I don't know if it helped me as much, but I definitely think there was a fair amount of people who said, well, at least we're not the Dolphins, or at least we're not the Cowboys. That's fair. I mean, the Dolphins, I mean, come on. What, Tua couldn't even throw a pass in that game. Yeah. You know his record in games under 70 degrees? I think he's, if I remember this correctly, he's like 6-14. and 14. That's not good. No, it's <laughs> not. Yeah. By the way, brutal. Just brutal cold. Yeah. I, I, do we know if the videos of the water bottles freezing in 30 seconds, was that legit because that looked like some CGI AI BS? I have no idea. Did you see the beers after five minutes? I did, where they, like, exploded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine paying $20 for a beer and that way? Also, beer is not what I'm drinking at uh, minus nine degree temperature. What are you drinking? Uh, a hot, hot cocoa, toddy? Hot cocoa. Um, Bringing your Baileys with you? My own misery. <laughs> like When it's that cold. I still remember that Thursday night football Pittsburgh game. Mangini won it. It, I think, either knocked them out of the playoffs or put them behind the eight ball, the, the Steelers, for the playoffs. I remember it was so cold. I, I've told the hand warmer story where they had to tell everybody, uh, please don't put this on your junk. That, But I remember at, in between every quarter, we'd go get hot chocolate. 
to like warm our hands up mm-hmm. and it would it would warm kind of the interior of your hand but because you had your glove off the rest of your hand would freeze oh my god no thank you but no i mean honestly here's the other way dallas and miami uh losing i saw no talk of the cleveland browns loss on any national platform that's like five minutes it was like yeah browns got lost and got thumped by the texans yeah didn't see that one coming all right back to dallas that game was. I actually had a funny feeling before that game. I thought the Packers were going to win. I just didn't quite pull the trigger. I took the seven. I took the seven too. Do yeah. you know the only thing that? So I actually had a twenty-five dollar parlay that would have won me eight hundred bucks. I picked the wrong Packers receiver for what a touchdown. Uh touchdown and fifty-plus yards. I I I thought about either Wicks or uh, Romeo Dubes, and instead. You know who I took? Is it Dubs? Dubs, him too. Dobbs, actually. Him too. Sure about that? Sure um, about that? I, no. I took I took I took Reed, who had I think one yard. It's the only thing. No touchdown. And at, at, like Luke Musgrave, here's a touchdown for you. Um Dobbs, here's a touchdown for you and a hundred plus yards. Everybody else got it in. Last name's pronounced Dobbs. Him too. Jim, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hello, hey, Jim. Hey, fellas. How you guys doing? Doing well, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, uh, I just wanted to say, you guys asked, you know, where do we go from here? Um, you know, I'm looking forward to next year. We always say as Browns fans, well, you know, there's always next year. I I hope we can get Flacco back here with Watson, uh, and it would be a double-headed monster. Their football IQ put together. Uh, healthy team with Chubb. I'm looking forward to that. So I'm excited for next year. Um, And not like it was when Odell tried to hype us up. That was hocus pocus. I'm hoping we get uh, get back in playoffs next year, fellas. So appreciate taking my call. Jim, appreciate. I actually would say the person who fares the best because of the playoff loss is probably Deshaun. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Deshaun was, was hoping the Browns would win the game. But like, boy, a lot of pressure came off him after this game. Yeah, I mean, if if they had even been to the divisional round, not only is the Joe Flacco thing more of a conversation, but the expectations would be raised for next year. Yep. And so, uh, assuming that Deshaun's back with a healthy shoulder, and that's everybody said they're the Browns went out of the way to say we're back to Deshaun now. So, with all that being said. You go to the AFC title game this year with Joe Flacco, the expectation would have been to win a Super Bowl next year. And by the way, the expectation still might be to win a Super Bowl next year, given the way that this went. Let's go with Cliff. Cliff, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, um, no excuses. I'm tired of them. Um, I'm an old old soul here. But uh, I thought the Browns might lose this game. And as a coach, track coach, and as a football coach, I know about momentum in teams, and in, and in baseball, you have a little of it, but in football, you have a lot of it because it's a game of emotion. When they set out those guys for not just the Cincinnati Bengals game, but when they had almost a two-week layoff because they played on a Thursday, I knew this team was in trouble, and, and guess what? They start the year for the last four years sitting guys, and they don't get off to a good start. And then you add to that, the change in summer workouts, and then they ended the year by losing momentum with these guys. And I told my buddy, these guys are going to come out flat. If the Browns continue to do this, and under the head coach they do, 
they're not going to have a winning season because they're going to start their season about week six and going to be on the eight ball, like one and four, two and four, whatever. So I'm, I'm just telling you, their players are great, their coach is great, but if there's any front office interference causing them to sit guys for almost two weeks, we're to see this next year. And guess what, guys? If they do this next year, I'm going to call back and just remind you, not that I was right, but that the Browns were wrong. Thanks, guys, for taking my call. Thanks for making it. Cliff, we appreciate you, buddy. I just got to give Buffalo fans a hell of a lot of credit for the ones that showed up to help. You see the guy, like, take his shirt off and slide down to push yes. the snow? Yes. God, they're, they're insanely lovable in a lot of ways. And I, I just want to say, like, I wish – I feel like so much of the turbulence with Cleveland sports has made us a little more um, bitter. And there's just something pure about Buffalo, despite also having a pretty cursed uh, NFL franchise. They're just pure. It's a very pure love there. I saw a lot of people tweeting about this last night and even this morning. And I tend to agree with it. Like, are we are we getting behind the lines and bills here? Can we get a Lions bill Super Bowl? Uh, Yeah, I think. Yeah. Now, now it's funny. I still don't know who I'm going to root for. I would have no problem if Buffalo won, and I'd have no problem if Detroit won. I mean, both these teams deserve it. I mean, the Browns deserve it, obviously, as well. I mean, but we're not in it now. No. So, like, come on, man. Let's let's refer our teams on the lake. I mean, not to not to be an a-hole. I don't know. The Browns deserved it. I don't think you get to come out the way they did and, and then still say, did, did they have the talent? Just, sorry, did they have the, the recipe? Deep, uh, you know, kind of deep. Uh, passing game with explosive plays and a defense you could cover and get after the quarterback. Yes. You didn't really see any of that yesterday. No. And so I think in the end, and I'll be honest with you, something I really struggle with is whether Saturday should overshadow the rest of the, the, the all the success you had in the regular season. I I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm in the no category. Like it was still a successful season given everything they overcame it just ended in the most disappointing way, but honestly, I think I if somebody if somebody brought a decent case of no, because of the way it ended, this season is a disappointment. If somebody really bought a good case about that, I I might be easily swayed on this. Because like the number one thing I don't want to do is and listen, we went after a few different things here. Like I'm I'm disheartened by the energy they played with. That usually kind of goes hand in hand with effort. They just didn't look like the better team, and they didn't look like a playoff team. I still have such an admiration for what this team overcome, and everything that they overcame, and how most of the year we never had to question their effort in a way we had previous years. Right, and that's what makes us tough to reconcile. Is this game is the anomaly? Yes, there were things that happened. That you know, if you looked at how they came out on the road defensively, you could you could have guessed this. The the Joe Flacco interceptions were Man. something mentioned ad nauseum. But like specifically, the way this game went down sure feels like an anomaly because all those things were true in games that they came back and won. You know what I mean? Like true. It's not as if this team played the cleanest football all season long. No, that was part of their charm. They overcame that. This was just the time where the margin for error 
maybe wasn't as thin as they thought it was, and it, and they got it. And, know, and I think they caught up to it. A couple things too, you know. I think we took them them for granted. You know, the fact that we went down there and kicked the crap out of them, you know, earlier this this year back in December. You know, I, I don't think anybody on this team, defensively certainly, were as prepared for how good C.J. Stroud really is, mm-hmm. and how good Nico Collins really is. I just would like to know, maybe just you know, out loud here. Why you played that much zone? I don't know how much zone they actually did play. It felt like guys were running wide open at times, but a lot of times that happens when you when you play man too because they run a lot of pick routes, they do a lot of stacks, and they they work ways to get guys open, very similar to the way that the Rams do with with a lot of their motions and shifts and things like that. So I'll be curious to go back and watch it again. But like, yeah, there were too many busts, too many guys running wide, freaking open. Two one six four seven four double zero nine two. And Nick Wilson says at Dustin Fox thirty seven on social media. Does the playoff loss does it change whether you feel this season was successful or not? I I think the answer is no. I think I know it. But I just I don't know how committed I am to that. But like this one, probably a week from now, the answer might be different, or I might be more convicted in my answer, and maybe a week after that. I, I don't I the and I this is not usual. Usually I have a pretty good idea about how a loss or a win is going to age in time. I don't think I have any I don't this is such a weird and it's not flukish cuz they they were the better team. They deserve By this. far. They deserve to win. But I mean like the, by the way, like I don't know if they play like that, like who in the AFC could beat them? They could play with anybody. I mean, I think anybody that that starts a game with the requisite focus and effort probably can at least hang with them. Sure, but I'm saying it's not like they're a team that can't hang with anybody as well. Um, I don't, I don't know. Simply because I don't know what you can take away that Nick. We've seen them play the last several weeks. They're they're the hottest team in football right now. I mean, Buffalo's right there. Cleveland was right there. Right, until, but you, you don't think the, the Texans guy. can play with the Bills? Um, I don't know. I don't know, and here's why. It's less about the Texans, and it's more if I'm a Texans fan. Like, okay, yeah, C.J. Stroud's real. Will Anderson and um, um, Grenard are real, but like... I'm not saying C.J. Stroud's the best quarterback left in the playoffs right now, but he's the quarterback playing the best right now left in the playoffs. As a word pretzel. I liked it. Yeah. That was a word pretzel. Um, it would not surprise me if they went out this next round. Now, again, it matters who they play. You figure that out with Buffalo and Pittsburgh tonight, who they're going to play. But, like, I'm, I'm not sold that – I'm sold that the Texans are a better team than we thought and certainly better than maybe the Browns thought or assumed or remembered from that Houston game. As a matter of fact, we I can we just say the rematch mattered. The Browns did not take the Texans seriously. No. And 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 maybe there are I'm sure individual Browns that did the Browns defense did not take them seriously. Two one six four seven four double o nine two. Does this uh, playoff loss change whether you feel the season was successful or not? Let's go with Mike. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Good, doing Mike. Very you, well. Carter? What you got? All right. So now here's the thing. I caught. Uh, I didn't catch a lot of the show. When I tuned in, the question you asked, I think was. Was it more the offense or the defense? So, 
excuse me if you, you know, might have to repeat this again, but I just wanted you guys' feedback on this question. I didn't hear much about the offensive line. I kind of felt like the offensive line performed. It's, you know, the poor since Joe Facco took the helm. 66 got burnt. I don't know what his name is, but he was getting killed. Uh, Newsom was getting killed. And then there was a comment about Stefanski being out coached. So I don't know if you guys commented on that already, but I would love I talked to about hear it. I mean, the, the injuries in the offensive Thank line just certainly did not help. Flacco's a statue in the pocket. We knew that. That's nothing new. And when they decided they were just going to bring pressure, not just on the outside, but up the middle, there was nothing Flacco could do. I mean, it was game was over. And yeah, especially, like, especially when you're down 17 points, 24 points, 31 points, like there's, they're, they're just teeing off on you, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you really got the running game going. That's one way to offset a good pass rush is make them pay. You didn't. Um, I, I also think like, I thought, there was one, and I wish I could remember the exact play, Just, uh, but there was one play early on where Ethan Posick just biffed it. Like, what was surprising this game was not that the tackle struggled, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set any criticism for, I mean, Batonio and Teller were hurt in this one, but they just, they the offensive line looked like it had a really good rhythm there for a couple weeks, and they did not have that rhythm in this game. And whether that was... You were just banged up beyond whether whether honestly that rhythm was just you played the Texans without Grenard and uh, or Grenard and Anderson and then you played the the Jets and they just were already out of it like maybe that maybe that was an illusion but yeah I mean the offensive line had been playing a lot better and then in this game they kind of laid an egg as well let's go with George welcome to the show George what you got for us. Hey, guys, how you doing this afternoon? Doing very well. What you got, bud? All right, so this may sound dumb given all the injuries we've had this year, but how much of Saturday's game can be blamed on resting healthy starters against the Bengals the week before? Because generally speaking, I think that a team that's clinched the playoffs, rests their starters for a week, tends to play not up to their normal level in the first round of the playoffs which is why I'm really interested to see what Baltimore does next week, having three weeks between meaningful games. I think it's three weeks. But how much can you say part of the Browns' issue was resting guys when maybe they shouldn't have? Um, So, listen, I I, I think some of that has to do with it. I I don't know what you're supposed to do, though, Nick. Sorry to cut you off, man. I I think that, and I said this at the time, I felt like Flacco had been here for, for just about a month and a half. And I would have liked him to continue to get that rhythm and play, even if it were just a half, right? And those guys just sat there, and they and they had all that time. Yeah, the rest was important in terms of their bodies, but you wonder how much it threw off them in terms of being prepped to go into a game as intense as Sunday's game or Saturday's game was. The Texans just faced the same exact experience of a playoff type environment the previous week against the Colts on the road. They won that game and they came into this game and were like, all right, we're already in the playoffs. We we just played a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it matters. Listen, the reality is the defense didn't show up at any point. That's not just about uh, a week off. But do I think that it was probably tough for a team that had had everything go as well as it could down the stretch? 
I think it was also probably rough to end the season on the road, the regular season on the road, and getting run out of the building by Cincinnati. I like. I think it could be equal parts that rest absolutely did matter. Rest versus rust mattered, and then to lose the the game the way you lost it, it, it didn't matter that the backups were in there. Your starters were on the sidelines. Like I just think in terms of setting the tone, I, I think everybody here knows how I felt about resting these guys going into that week and my concerns. At the same point, could have woke up at any point in that game. Like I, I'll give Rust a, a a modicum of room to talk, the first two, three, four drives. That's not why you lost by thirty-one points. Uh, Nick on Twitter saying season was still a success, but losing by thirty-one to a team you just mauled is ridiculous. We were the better team, even with the injuries, but your secondary stayed in Berea and Jer- uh, Jerome Ford is not a serious running back. We are uh, reacting to the Browns shellacking there. And, and Dustin, I have uh, shared my piece on this. I I think it's still a successful season, no matter how disappointing Saturday was. I don't think I, – I, I think this might be a you're in camp or the other. And it, it does feel like there's a fair amount of fans saying, how can the season be successful when it ends the way it did – does the way they lost in the playoffs, does the fact that they lost in round one to Houston, a team they had beat three weeks previously, does that change whether you feel the season's a success or not? No, I don't think so. Because no matter what happened, you know, with, with all the injuries this team has dealt with, I mean, you lost your your, your bell cow back in week two. You lost your starting quarterback, your franchise quarterback, multiple times. And then, of course, for the season, I, you piecemealed this thing together. And it felt special at the end. And it stinks that the you know Flacco turned into the pumpkin. Uh, at the end of the day, it it sucks, but it was still a very successful season. It feels like the injury should overcome the the disappointing end. What I will say is, you know, we, we're talking about the the idea of of how this this loss is going to age and. You know, whether three weeks from now we'll we'll have forgotten about it and we're on to 2024, whatever. I will say a huge, a huge part of this thing not being in vain or this season um, meaning something is the winning culture that was fostered this year. And I don't think they've had a lot of losing culture. Like they had eight wins two years ago. They had seven wins last year. That's not great. It's not a four-win team. But I do think being able to come back next year and be in the playoffs, being able to be back in the playoff hunt next year with Deshaun is incredibly crucial. Like turning this one-year run, which because of the details around it, feels flukish, right? The four different starting quarterbacks, no Nick Chubb, uh, your your three starting tackles all having season-ending injuries. Like even the injuries to Miles and to Denzel where both had these wonky shoulder injuries, like, okay, this year was an anomaly to some degree because of what you overcame. But the how you learn to win in the regular season should not be the anomaly. That's the thing I expect. So if at the end of 18 weeks next year, you're 8-9 and nine again or you're 7-10, and 10, then it will have been a waste. Then it will have been a smoke and mirrors, it would have been a one-off, it would have been all those things that people have said about this this run this year that it, it that there's some level of flukishness to it. So there is a part of me that thinks like 
I'm going to be kind of holding my breath. I, I think that this loss can't overshadow what was accomplished. And I really think that they're like the way they won, I think changed some of us Browns fans and the way we, way we think about how the Browns win and lose. And I've definitely like, I, up until the two interceptions, even though things didn't look good in that game, I said, you know what? Let's let it play out. And then it played out to be the worst possible playing out of that, the way that thing could go. But my point is, I do think there's a lot of a lot of tangible things here. And just because there are some downsides, just because that was humiliating first and foremost, and just because I don't know about Deshaun Watson's health, just because, well, what are you going to do opposite of edge across from Miles? And do you have to make a decision on Nick Chubb? And do you have to make a decision on Amari Cooper? Well, what about your tackles? What about your guards? That's every team in the NFL. Winning is a is a moving goalpost every year in the NFL. And you don't always get the closure of, well, these five questions are answered, so everything's nice and tidy going to the next year. That's not that doesn't really happen. The Chiefs could could go win a Super Bowl and they're gonna have a whole new series of questions to to answer this offseason. It ain't about is Pat Mahomes gonna be able to stay healthy, but it's there's gonna be questions. You that the loss on Saturdays, first, much as it sucked, and boy, howdy, did it suck. You still won 11 games. You still made the playoffs. You still were in control of your destiny and were able to take week 18 off. Like I, As long as that winning maintains in that winning culture, that winning mentality of next man up, as long as that maintains, then I, I don't see possibly how this season could be uh, not a success no matter how much Saturday sucked. Go with Josh. Yeah. Josh, welcome Josh, to the show, what's buddy. up, dude? What's up, guys? I, I think you guys are nailing this conversation on the head. It really, it, it's micro versus macro. If you're looking with, like you said, all the adversity the Browns faced this year, there's no way you could really say that this was a fail like of a season. It, was, it changes the way how the playoff loss, how you view the season. But if you're looking macro, it's like you're saying, every winning team faces this issue after a winning season. And the Browns, yes, they had the next man up mentality, but also next year comes with, well, not only whether or not Deshaun Watson can play up to what he was playing in Houston, but can he stay healthy a full season? Can you protect them for a full season? And on top of it, the schedule's going to get harder because you did finish. You controlled your destiny this year. You played well. You earned that spot, but you're going to have a tougher schedule. So it's like when you see how they lose to the team that you essentially gave assets to to help jumpstart their rebuild because you were thinking when you're making that trade that Houston was going to be good maybe in four or five years. Now you're looking at it, well, they're already possibly set up to be better than us, and we gave them all those ammunition. We gave them all that ammo. So it depends how you really look at it because you could be a homer and be like, oh, we're going to come back. Everyone's going to be healthy. It's going to be fine. But I don't know. This season showed you that's not a guarantee. How many starting quarterbacks started this year? How many, like, so many injuries happened to all NFL teams, not just the Browns. Everyone were facing injuries this year. And this year seemed like it was the most open the AFC was going to be. So it's a little disappointing to see the fashion that they just came out looking that flat and the game plan and, no, and hearing the players again talk about adjustments and all this stuff. It's like I thought we were kind of past this. And it just kind of sounds like, I don't know, the same old excuses we were making in 2021 and 2022. And me, I mean, I felt – a lot better in 2020 after losing to Kansas City, even though we didn't face Patrick Mahomes in the second half, 
I felt a little more optimistic about the Browns than I do currently right now after this loss, knowing the fact that we overcame so much. So that's just my point. You guys keep killing it. Go Browns. Josh, Josh appreciate thanks. you. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot to dissect there. I think the reality is, I think this is where the Deshaun injury and not having clarity on that probably hurts more than anything. He he hearkened back to the the Chiefs loss. So much of what made the Chiefs loss palatable is, one, you just assumed you were going to be in that same situation the next year, and two, you had no reservations or no real concerns about Baker at that point. That's fair. Right? It was more, well, are you going to pay Baker this offseason? With this, there's, there's still people in town who um, doubt that Deshaun will ever be the same quarterback again, and then the, the kind of... Part of that conversation, but not the entire part, is also the health, which for most people is probably the bigger concern right now. That's my biggest concern with the, with Deshaun is, is the shoulder. How does he come back from that devastating injury to that 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 fractured glenoid? I mean, that's that's my concern. I think he's still got it upstairs. I think he's really smart. Like those things, I don't have a concern about. But I mean, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of talking points here. This game, the way the season ended, is going to linger for months. To go ahead and uh, I'll call it today on the Brown season. Let's go ahead and welcome on uh, Daryl Ryder, brought to you by Scheibman Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Daryl, welcome to the show. It wasn't my fault, I swear, guys. Don't blame me. Well, I mean, <laughs> let's let's give it time to figure out whether it was your fault or at the very least whether we can pin it on you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're not pinning a 31 point blowout on me. Sorry. That's fair. That's fair. That, that was, if, uh, if it was a nail biter, if they missed a field goal late, oh, okay. Then you, you might have a case, but 31 point separation. Yeah. You might fall. So today is a lot about the why. So I guess we'll start here. Why did the Browns lose by 31 points in this game? Um, because the defense didn't show up and play the way that we've uh, seen them play for, uh, most of the season, and and once again, the defense didn't travel on the road. Um, less than 14 points allowed at home, over 31 points allowed on the road. And uh, it'd be easy to point to the third quarter and the, the, the back-to-back pick sixes that Joe Flacco threw, and, and certainly that basically put the game away. But the, the reality is what C.J. Stroud wanted in the first half, he basically got, and uh, that was a bad omen and bad sign of what was to come. Do we have any working theories on – Did the, or at least did they offer up any reason why the defense traveling as poorly as it did all season or most of the season, why that was the case this year? No, but Kevin Stefanski promises an extensive autopsy on that very subject. Does that make you feel good? I don't know. Is no. He, is he going to the morgue? Yeah. No, I mean. Like, do we get to, is this like the JFK op- autopsy where the notes are going to be kind of <laughs> crossed out and all that? If you guys haven't Was heard about that Was there a second shooter on the grassy knoll? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, too many jokes. We're both going to get ourselves in trouble. Here. I know. We'll just stop right there. Uh, <laughs> here, here's the reality of the situation. It, it, it is something that they uh, they have to investigate because it was certainly uh, the sample size is the complete season. Um, th- this is something ha- that happened uh, throughout the season. They really struggled to win football games uh, on the road. And in today's NFL uh, playoff format, the only way you're going to get to ho- host a playoff game is by winning the division. 
And well, the Browns haven't done that since 1989, and it doesn't look like they're about to do that anytime soon. So uh, the reality is for them to get where they want to go, and that's the Super Bowl. That's now the standard, right? Make the playoffs, make some noise in January, advance, and and compete for an opportunity to play for the Vince Lombardi Trophy. That that is now the standard with which the Cleveland Browns are operating, and, and that's that's a good thing. Um, the, the days of just happy to win a game once a month or every other month, those are long gone. Um, and that's a credit to, to, to Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry. But, um, you know, they had a shot uh, and, and they didn't get it done. But they, they, they've got to figure out why this defense did not play well on the road. Because that when you look at like, okay, what's the next step for next season, right? Uh, after winning 11 games and, and making the playoffs, well, the next step is for the defense to play consistently at home as well as uh, on the road. And certainly you understand, okay, the crowd isn't on your side uh, when you're on the road, so you're not getting a lot of those pre-snap penalties that's caused by or aided by your, your home crowd. But the, the separation is uh, too deep to just – Leave it at that. That well, you know, we didn't have the crowd on our side, and, and that no. When, when they're when you are giving up more than twice the amount of points on the road than you do at home, uh, that's a problem, and that's something that they really do need to take a deep dive in this offseason and see if they can figure out why that was, and then how do they go about correcting that? Yo, you think there is anything to be said for them resting the players against Cincinnati? You know, I. <laughs> I think in hindsight now, Dustin, it's easy to say that, right? I totally understand why Kevin Stefanski did what he did, and that was to protect his guys because they were just so decimated with injuries, and it just seemed like as the weeks went by, after every game, another player went down with an injury. So I I, I understand where you're coming from, and, and I do think it's a, a, a reasonable dis, uh, discussion or reasonable debate, but considering where they were from a health standpoint, Stefanski really didn't have a choice. He really needed uh, to do that. And the other thing, too, is is football, and you know this, Dustin, it's it's a week-by-week sport. I mean, you, you see teams get blown out one week and win the next. Yeah. Um, it, it's like each individual week is its own little season, so to speak. It, it, you know, in baseball, momentum matters. Uh, in the NBA, momentum somewhat matters. Um, but in, in the NFL, I don't know that there's a thing called momentum. I, I do believe that there's you're playing well and things are going great, whatever, uh, and you're able to take that week to week. But, um, you know, I, I don't know that momentum is a thing, especially going year to year, um, because every season is the personnel's different and every season's different, et cetera. So I think it's easy to look back on, and Anthony Walker was asked that question yesterday, and he <laughs> by someone and he just stared him in the eye and said of course you're going to ask that now had we won you're not asking that question so I do think it's it is a reasonable conversation to be had but I do have to side with Kevin Stefanski there the health of the football team everything that they went through injury wise 15 guys ending the year on uh, injured reserve you had to sit your important players and protect them so that they were available for that wild card game. Daryl, does the playoff loss change whether you feel the season was a success or not? It absolutely was a success, and this is the nuance of the conversation. I think you can say the season was a success while at the same time being 
severely disappointed in how they played in Houston and the opportunity uh, that they blew. Uh, but no, the season absolutely was a success, especially, again, considering everything they went through. You can make an argument they probably shouldn't have even made the playoffs to begin with, right? Uh, how, how many Brown seasons in the past would have been completely derailed by the Nick Chubb injury or then the, the Sean Watson injury? Kudos to Andrew Berry for dragging Joe Flacco off a couch and into Berea, and uh, you know Flacco was able to have the best five-week stretch of his NFL career uh, while with the Cleveland Browns at the age of 38. And unfortunately, he turned into a pumpkin there uh, in the wild card game. But um, yes, the season was a success. The ending, a bitter disappointment. So where do we go from here? I mean, like, it's a blowout loss. It just feels like for everything that we had going momentum-wise, Daryl, with this season, 11-5 and team, and now it's like we're sitting here like a lump on a log. Like, yeah, that was all for nothing, it feels like. But it wasn't because there was a lot of positives to take away from the season. Like, Stefanski still may end up being coach of the year. Miles may be defensive player of the year. Yeah. But – it feels you lost hollow. by 31 points. Yeah, it, it feels hollow. Like it does, easier, man. It, it would have been easier to swallow if they lost a heartbreaker. And right, but like, <laughs> and I know that the Browns have suffered, you know, plenty of heartbreakers over the years in the playoffs. But yeah, they had no like they had no shot on Saturday. The the, the game was once the first pick six got thrown in that third quarter, the game was over. You just knew the game was over. And then came the second one, and you really knew it was over. Um, and, and that's what's so unfortunate, because they played so hard. The other thing that really bothers me, Dustin, about this is, you know, I hate to play the I'm, I'm the old guy in the room card, but I'm going to hear it for a minute. Uh, I've been in a lot of locker rooms over the years. You're old. And um, I've never seen a Browns locker room as tight and as good as the one that we saw this season. That was a great locker room environment that they had. And that's so rare, and it's so hard to do. And that's why I keep harping on missed opportunity. Getting to the playoffs for the Cleveland Browns is hard enough as it is, just three times in the expansion era here. Um, But what they had built this year, and again, I think Anthony Walker... You know, really said it well uh, yesterday uh, at Locker Cleanout. The, the the disappointment is that the specialness is now over. The expectation was that it was going to continue, and and now it's not. And so, what I am interested in when you talk about okay, what's next for this football team? I I don't know if they can recreate that next year. There's no guarantee that they recreate that next year. I hope they do, um, because I I thought Kevin Stefanski did a really really good job. I thought the the, the assistant coaches did a good job. I thought that the leadership within the locker room did a nice job. Walker mentioned what really helped Flacco ingratiate himself. He told the story that when they were on the West Coast, even though they lost those two games, that was like the, the best thing for the back end of the season there because, you know, it's 1.30 in the morning and Joe Flacco's out hanging out with everyone, and he could have been he could easily said, hey, man, I'm new here. I got to study the playbook. I got to this, that, and the other. I'm 38 years old. I'm too old for this nonsense, whatever. And, and Flacco made it a point to be with his teammates and spend time with them and get to know them and things like that. And it really helped uh, in that transition there by throwing him into the mix. It really helped welcome him in. And, and made him one of them, so to speak. So that's the thing for, from my perspective of really why I'm disappointed 
it beyond them just getting their doors blown off in Houston, but the quality of the locker room, the environment, the chemistry, those type of intangibles that you see with championship teams to go with what the defense did, which, as Kevin Stefanski mentioned yesterday, was historic, and it was, 1955, last time the Browns led the NFL in over defense, uh, overall defense, but, you know, it, it, that that all doesn't matter anymore, <laughs> right? It, now it's on to 2024 and, you know, how, how they can build upon everything that they went through last year, in their, in their last season, rather, and um, I just there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to replicate what they had this year. I hope they do because it was wonderful uh, to see. It was great to cover. But um, again, as someone who's been in a lot of locker rooms, what what I observed this year with the Cleveland Browns, extremely rare. Daryl, we appreciate you, buddy. You bet, guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.